If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 179. On the podcast this week, Ellie chats to Ben Greensmith from Tony's Chocolonely, a Dutch chocolate company on a mission to make 100% ethical chocolate. They chat about why the bars on split evenly into squares, the deeper meaning behind the fun name, and why it took going to court to start the company. So, hello, I'm here in Amsterdam with Tony's Chocolonely. Tony's is a Dutch brand, but you're likely to recognise their bright packaging and Willy Wonka-style chunky bars as they came to the UK earlier this year. So Tony's was founded 14 years ago with the aim of making chocolate 100% slave-free. And they follow five simple rules, traceable beans, higher price, strong farmers, the long term and better quality and productivity. So I'm here with Ben today. So hello. Hello. So let's go back to 2005. What was the idea that sparked Tony's? So um, I don't know how much you know about cocoa and where it comes from. But um, cocoa, you've got to think of like the cocoa value chain and where cocoa comes from as a, as a bit of an hourglass. On one hand, you've got most of the world's cocoa coming from two countries, Ivory Coast and Ghana, and there's millions of farmers there producing it. On the far side, you've got billions of consumers loving and eating the chocolate. And in the middle, you've got a handful of chocolate giants, and that's where all the power sits. And they keep the price of chocolate as low as possible. And that leads to inequality. And... Really quickly, you've got 2.1 million children today working in those two countries illegally uh, because the parents aren't getting paid enough. So they're denied an education. And in the worst cases, you've got 30,000 modern-day slaves making the chocolate. So these are issues that are really prevalent in the cocoa industry. And back in 2005, three journalists in Holland found these issues out, and they wanted to see what was being done about it. So they actually... One of one of the, this was a TV program called Food Food Unwrapped, and one of the three journalists was a guy called Turn van der Kerken, and Tony is the international translation nice. for Turn. So they he based Tony basically um, tried to speak to all the big chocolate giants, uh, so the big producers and the big brands, and find out what they were doing to clean up their acts, and he found mm-hmm. that no one was taking responsibility. So he decided to take things a stage further. So he basically filmed himself eating a load of chocolate and then he phoned the police and said, (laughs) if I know that cocoa is coming and there's forced labour in the value chain, I'm pretty Mm. sure of that, and I'm eating chocolate, then I'm basically encouraging slavery. So you've got to come and arrest me. (laughs) So they then hung up on him. They thought he was a crank, but (laughs) he's he's very persistent. And it made great TV. But he he was like, well, actually, I'm going to take things a step further. So then he hired a lawyer. And he hired a lawyer to prosecute himself. And he went out to West Africa. And he found three boys who had been trafficked from Burkina Faso and used as slaves on cocoa farms. And he got them to testify against him. And he basically took himself to court. 
and prosecuted himself with the help of the lawyer and the witness statements of these boys. And he said, look, you've got to send me to jail because I'm actively fighting by eating. I'm actively financing um, child labor and slavery. Mm. And here are my witnesses. Um, But it got the judge didn't throw him into jail. But he said, you've got a point, but I can't, I can't draw a link between the cocoa that these boys have produced mm. and the cocoa you've eaten. And also, um, if I make an example of you, then it's going to set a precedent for everyone no else No one's going to eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to have to send everyone in Holland to jail. <laughs> so, um, so, but off the back of that, Tony created a chocolate bar, um, what he called the world's first slave-free chocolate in a really bright alarming wrapper with Tony's chocolate only on it. Tony's because that's his name. It's chocolate, obviously. And then lowly because it's Tony fighting the lonely battle against the big chocolate giants. And uh, Tony's was born as a bit of a PR stunt, but the first few thousand bars sold out in hours. So actually then we decided that if we're really going to change things in this industry and shine a light on the issues, Mm. we'll show that there's a different way to make delicious chocolate. And um, that's what we've been doing ever since. Wow, amazing. So did Tony ever go to these big chocolate giants and say, what, what are you are doing? doing? Yeah. yeah, he did. He, that was his, uh, basically, um, one of his, f- the first things he wanted to do was go and speak. So he flew out to Lake Geneva. Mm. He went to the doors of Nestle's big fancy office out there. Uh, Barry Calabar, one of the, the biggest producers of, of, of chocolate in the world. And, and he tried to have conversations with them at the time and say, look, what are you doing about it? What responsibility are you taking? Yeah. No one was taking responsibility. So that's why he decided to take matters into his own, into his own hands. So slave free is the focus, isn't it? Um, so have, obviously you can't, I know that it's a very long process to become slave free um, and to call yourself a hundred percent slave free. What, how have you, done that basically well we we would never actually claim to be 100 slave free it happens that there are no instances of slavery on the cocoa farms and the farmers which we work with right but slavery and child labor is a problem in the cocoa industry and and we want to inspire big companies to help us ensure that there is no more slavery on the cocoa farms so um can you talk us through the five rules that you follow that we mentioned earlier? So the traceable beans, the higher price. Yeah. So the biggest, the biggest problem in the cocoa industry is poverty. So mm-hmm. it all goes back to poverty. So farmers aren't getting paid enough. You've got the big chocolate manufacturers and, and producers, of which there are seven, making all the money. So what we do to readdress that balance is the first thing, we have 100% of our cocoa, is traceable. So we know the conditions, the farms, we know where it's come from, and that's really, really important. Most of the world's cocoa comes from a big faceless pile, Mm. and that enables uh, the big companies to hide behind and not take responsibility for how it's produced. So the first thing is we have a fully traceable supply chain. The second thing is a higher price. Mm -hmm. So if you look on the back of our pack, you'll see that it's got the fair trade logo. Yes. That's a great start. We are fair trade. Um, but we then, fair trade doesn't go far enough. So we guarantee mm. the farmers that we work with a living income. So we pay the fair trade premium. Yeah. And then we pay the Tony's premium on top nice. of it. And that means in somewhere like the Ivory Coast, we're paying about 60% more mm. than the typical farm gate price. We only, 
the third area, we only work with what we call strong farmers. So we work with cooperatives. Okay. At the moment, we have four in Ivory Coast, one in Ghana. We're bringing on two more in Ghana this year nice. because we're growing, which is great. Yeah. Um, we work with cooperatives because they're basically empowered and they're stronger if they're together. Um, we work with them to diversify their crops as well. Mm-hmm. So whilst they improve productivity, it's important. Mm-hmm. We get better yields. We also work with them to, to, to decrease their dependency on cocoa should something go wrong. Yeah. And then the fifth area is we have long-term agreements. So all of the cooperatives, the partners that we work with, have a five-year agreement, and that enables them mm-hmm. to plan for the long term, and that's important. Yeah. So those are our five sourcing principles. Only by doing those five things together can we guarantee the farmers a living income mm-hmm. and effectively help them get out of poverty. Yeah. That means they don't have to take their kids out of education because they can get enough money from the farms yeah. themselves. So they're not having to use their kids to, to do bad so, stuff. And so you mentioned uh, Ghana and the Ivory Coast. They're the two um, countries that you work with. Why, why those two? So I didn't know this when I started at Tony's, but mm-hmm. 60, 70% of the world's cocoa comes from West Africa. 70%? 70%. Wow. So cocoa grows on trees. Yeah. Um, but, and those tro- trees grow best around the equator, nice and hot and humid places. So most of the world's cocoa, 70% comes from West Africa. 60% comes from two countries, Ivory Coast and Ghana. So more than yeah. half the world's cocoa just comes from those two countries. Yeah. And that's where the poverty is. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problems are with slavery and child labor. So that's why we go there, mm-hmm. because actually only by going there and facing in and addressing the issue yeah. can we sort it. And how did you find those? Because there must be however many number of plantations out there. How did you find the ones to start working with? Really? Yeah, well, we work with cooperatives. Yeah. So we look for the cooperatives that we can, we can work with. There are 2.5 million farms out there, basically. Wow. So. Um, we, we will only work with the cooperatives because it, it basically encourages those guys to get together and, and, and be stronger. Yeah. What's really interesting this year, one of the, so one of the co-ops that we are going to be working with now, mm. um, they're, 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 they're small. They've only got 300 farms. So we will take, we would want to try and take a mix because we want to show the big businesses that it's not just about one size or that yeah. you know, we, we can work and we can build, help a co-op build from, pretty small beginnings to something much greater yeah so we don't necessarily look for any uh, they just no not a number mm. but they have to be they have to meet our standards they have to yeah. be fair trade certified to begin with um and we will give them one year trial as well so they'll have a trial okay. and if they meet those standards and there's no problems and then you know um then we will move into a five-year agreement with them nice um so along with the bold lettering and the like fun super colorful design the bars are unevenly divided. If you haven't tried a Tony's bar, you should go out straight away and buy one and you'll see that they're not unevenly, they are unevenly divided, which I kind of love because it means that you're not judged for eating as much as you want. I feel like there might be a deeper message to, to that, is there? There is, there is. So you, you, you're spot on. We, um, we've never spent a penny on advertising and media. And wow. so, um, and we've grown now to the biggest brand in Holland. But... Our bar tells the story of the unequal mm. nature of the cocoa industry in its purest form. So our bar is unequally divided because the cocoa industry is unequally divided. Mm, okay. And that's as long as the, there is inequality, slave labor, uh, 
child labor in the, in the Cocoa Valley chain, we will continue to make our bars that way. We've even actually hidden as a little salute to our farmers. We've hidden a little map of West Africa. So wow. on the big bar, when you open it up and it's, you get, you get, it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. The big bar of Tony's and you open it up in the bottom, you've got the equator and then you've got uh, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Togo, Benin, wow. Nigeria, Cameroon, just, just hidden above the equator there. And we actually had to merge Togo Benin together because we have a whole hazelnut bar <laughs> and we couldn't get a, a hazelnut into it into them separately so we start the two countries I love together. the the real issues of these you know things that's well, the thing is I'm so I'm in the Tony's office at the moment and it is as a company it seems it's super fun but very committed to the people and like being really like we just had a lunch downstairs that was amazing and it's so obviously it's a amazing brand that's doing amazing things but they're it is a real message it's not just they're not just doing this for the show of it they no, mean it don't they definitely so um when when you're in the market against these massive chocolate brands what what have been the biggest challenges you've faced because why some people might be like well i could have this purple chocolate bar against this <laughs> red one why what are the challenges the the, the challenge for us is awareness we want at the moment, most people in the UK, so two thirds of people in the UK, so we measure this every year, mm. aren't aware of the issues in the cocoa industry. Mm. And that's the problem for us. We want people to be aware of the, co- of, of the issues in the cocoa industry. So the first thing we want to do is, is make everyone aware of it. And then people, c- once they're aware, people can make an informed choice. Um, over, here, over here in Holland, you've got 70% awareness. So wow. most people are aware of the issues in the cocoa industry. We've been going for 14, 14 mm. years over here. Next year's our 15th year. So, um, and, and look, we're, 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 you know, we're number one over yeah. here. But we want to grow and we want to change things in the UK and we want to change things in America. And only by raising awareness of the issues and can, can we allow consumers, shareholders, employees to make an informed choice as to you know, where their money's going and where their spenders going. Stick around to hear more from Ellie and Ben about the fascinating story behind Tony's chocolate. And do you have feedback from consumers and people that have picked up the bar that they feel inspired by the story and they're like, actually, now now I knew know about what's going on in the cocoa industry. Now I'm always going to buy Tony's because you're doing such a great thing. Absolutely, yeah, we do. The, I, the, the thing is... It, the chocolate looks amazing and mm. it's, a, it's, the, it's, a, it's the mission. That's why we exist. We say we're an impact company that makes chocolate. So okay. making chocolate, making profit, making money isn't our goal, but it's a means to yeah. achieving our goal, which is 100% slavery chocolate worldwide. And once people, I, I, once people open the bar and they find out about the chocolate and then they eat it and then they find out about the mission, people fall in love with it. Yeah. So we have 74% advocacy in the UK. So 74% of people who are aware of Tony's or have tried Tony's recommend it to a friend. And that, and that's really important. Yeah. But still, even over in Holland here, um, only 11% are buying us just for the mission. So 89% are buying us because they just love delicious chocolate. It's just a great bar of chocolate, yeah. <laughs> and it tastes amazing. But yeah. to us, in a way, it doesn't really matter mm. because it just means there's much more traceable, sustainable cocoa mm. being traded in the world. And that's what we want to change. And I know a lot of the... So you say the aim isn't to make money and a lot of 
any money that is made is just reinvested in the company, isn't it? To try to make, build new things and open new places. Is yeah. that right? We work off, so we work off lower levels of profit mm -hmm. and, and that's important. So when we're paying more for our cocoa, we're not spending on uh, advertising and marketing. It allows us to do the work that we're doing and guarantee the farmers that we're working with. So about five and a half thousand farmers last year, um, a, a living income. And that's really important for us. Yeah. We, we are, we are, you know, we are trying to change things. So we uh, making people aware is really important. So we are going to be investing in a new factory over here in Holland. Okay. So on the outskirts of Amsterdam, um, it was approved last year, we're, we're going to build a factory. And in that factory, we're going to have a bit of the office space. Nice. We're going to do a bit of packaging, a bit of processing. And we want people to come and visit it. So we yeah. want half a million visitors a year. Um, but because factories are boring, we're going to stick a roller coaster in it. And that's. I mean, gonna, of course. <laughs> why would you not? And that's going to become the visitor center for, for wow. towns. And that's going to allow us to just, just another vehicle yeah. in a way of just spreading the mission and engaging people so that they can make those informed choices mm. as to what they're doing. So we've just, well, I've just been to the Tony's Superstore and it does feel like Willy Wonka in real life. Even the bar, it's kind of, you unwrap it, it's got the gold wrapper. Um, and then in the Superstore, you can make your own bar. So you can choose whichever flavors, type of chocolate, and then you can watch it being made, which is just a joy. Um, but so... Obviously, the flavors are amazing as well. You've got everything from like almond honey nougat to popping candy. And the aesthetics are very fun and upbeat. Why Why kind of that contrast when the message is so serious? Uh, for, for, for that exact reason. We okay. want to make delicious chocolate um, and we want, we want our bars to be impactful. We don't spend on advertising and marketing. So it's really important that, you know, people look at it and, and look at it. It's fun chocolate. It's delicious chocolate. And it is the total opposite of the message mm. and the mission. And if that draws people in and then they learn about the mission, then then, then so be it. But that, that original bar and the original wrapper, which is now, you know, so many people love, yeah. was created by our head of design, who's, who's here, a guy called Clink who did a favor for the TV program and he designed it in, I think it's like <gasps> five to 10 minutes. Wow. And so, uh, yeah. So, and then you have obviously color variations yeah. and deviations of the now kind of classic Tony's chocolate only logo. So there's a bit of a story behind the first bar, isn't there? Because it's red, it's a red packaging, but it's dark chocolate or milk. It's the reverse milk. of what you find. Yeah. So I guess that kind of threw people off to start with, didn't it? They were expecting. Well, that's it. That we, we've always done things differently. So no, <laughs> yeah. no one would. So, so over in Holland at the time that we launched off the back of the TV program, mm. um, uh, all of all of the milk chocolate was in a blue wrapper. So we launched it in a red wrapper and it's Great. there to <laughs> grab your attention yeah. and, 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 and shout. And we always, you know, no one will ever tell you it's a good idea to <laughs> share your sourcing principles. Mm. And that's what we do. We share our sourcing principles. We want more people to copy it. No one will tell you it's a great idea to make an uneven <laughs> bar, but we, we did it. You we, did it. We did it in 2012 and we got a flurry of complaints with people who, who have said that for, you know, for years they've lived in perfect harmony. And then, you know, if you're you got, throwing out all structure. <laughs> yeah. And you've got two kids or three kids, then suddenly how do you, because no two pieces are the same. So how do you then Split share a bar? It. You can't. So, no. um, but, so we've had to tell people over time why we're doing it. And then once we tell them, they get it. But we always say like, just 
give them a bar each and yeah. send, send <laughs> for a run have afterwards. Have a bar, it's yeah. great. And so each year as well, there's like seasonal specials. I know there's about three different ones. And then I think people, the general public can vote and one gets kept each year. Yeah. Um, what's, what is your favourite bar of Shoney's? My absolute favorite bar is the caramel and sea salt okay which is the orange bar it's the best seller in it's the best selling bar in the whole of holland wow. uh, across all chocolate bars um it outsells the next best selling one two to one which is also ours wow. it's our best selling one in the uk it's the best selling one in america it's amazing it's it's just oh, it's just so good mm. i have to i have to kind of limit myself because what does i start <laughs> I, I can i can do a whole bar <laughs> Um, but you've got, uh, yeah, you've got crunchy caramel and then you get a massive hit of sea salt mm. as well. And it's really high cocoa content. Uh, we only use cocoa butter. There's no palm oil. Okay. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, so when we were making our own bars actually earlier, um, I I tried a few of everyone and we, um, we tried the coffee one. And again, they were saying that the coffee beans that are used in that are only... It's only the best, basically, isn't it? Yeah. In is that the case for all the ingredients yeah. in all the bars? Yeah. We um we we limit our impact on the environment. Mm. Uh, we only use natural ingredients. Uh, so whilst we are really single-minded in our mission to make chocolate all and inspire big chocolate companies and the big guys out there to change the way they're sourcing, while that's our primary mission, 100% slave-free chocolate. Everywhere else, we'll limit our, our impacts mm. on the environment. It's stuff we don't talk about too much, but we, we offset all of our carbon emissions, so all of our bars are carbon neutral. Um, mm. We offset our shipping costs to America, uh, the, the CO2 from shipping. Um, we, yeah. we basically pay to offset that. Um, there's no plastic on our yeah. big bars, our small bars, uh, FSC certified paper. So wherever possible, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Mm. And that, But that's a bit of a byproduct for us, yeah. to, which is... You know, trying to inspire the industry to change for the better. And whose job is it to come up with these flavour combinations? Because like the whole design, it's very fun. And the flavour combinations are like that as well. They think there's popping handy and freeze-dried raspberry and a white chocolate bar. Which we They're just launched in the UK. very like, like fun child friend. I know you're not advertising to children, but it is. It kind of excites the inner child in you, doesn't it? Where who comes up with all these? Wacky we have ideas? a team here that do that in house. Okay. So um, everything is done in house. Mm. Um, and she, she actually was in the finals of MasterChef in Holland. Ah. So she's really creative, uh, and she comes up with some stuff that you'd think on paper. Yeah. But then you try it, and it's like wow, like the the white chocolate, mm. raspberry, and popping candy. We just launched in the UK about four months ago. Um, it's in a bright pink wrapper, and that that was the most requested bar that we get from people who have seen it over here. Oh, really? And even if you don't like white chocolate, mm. which can be really sweet, yeah. it's really delicious because it's offset. The sweetness is offset by like the freeze-dried... Freeze yeah, kind of tangy, aren't they, yeah. almost? Yeah. And then you get smacked in the face with um, some popping candy. Popping candy, amazing. Yeah. Do you ever get people coming to you and being like, you should make this chocolate bar? I want pineapple and... All the time. Black pepper. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Really? And, uh, yeah, just... I write them down, I'm polite, and I send it over. <laughs> like, here you go, create this. <laughs> None of them have made it so far. And I, and when I was in the kitchen doing my chocolate bar, yeah, I, th I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to be amazing. What, and, uh, what goes in, what did you put in yours? I, I, I kind of did what I thought. I've got a nine-year-old boy, okay. a nine-year-old son called Archie, and I kind of did what I thought 
he would he, like. Nice. Um, and I, I took it back for him and I tried it. And I think he was being polite. He, he, he said <laughs> it, was, it was up there. But yeah, no, it was, um, it, was, it was a bit of a mess. At least you can create another one. Exactly. It's never ending really, isn't it? Yeah. And apparently now in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, you can even do it online. You can personalize your bar yeah. and then go and pick it up, which is amazing service. Personalize your bar and you can personalize your wrapper as well. Wow, that is great. So are any other exciting things happening for Tony's in the pipeline that we haven't already mentioned? We've got loads that I can't tell you about. Oh. Um, today is the day of our annual fair. Yeah, can you talk us through a bit about this? Because I think... When I first heard it, I was like, fair? What, what, in what term are we talking about this? What is it? So again, it's, 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 we, what we want to do is raise awareness mm. of the issues. So we call it, we call it Tony's unfair, as in funfair, but it's unfair. And, huh. and it's, it's a bit like our annual general meeting. But what we do is, we, last year we had 5,000 people who bought wow. tickets to come and hear and kind of share our stories mm. and find out what we've been up to but also the stuff that hadn't gone so well and then we share our plans for the year ahead um, and then we have a few live acts and some talks we celebrate the best the best farmers and the best cooperatives and we nice. we reward them um, and then we will have a few drinks in the evening so it's a bit it's an AGM, but in a t truly Tony's way and one of yeah. our values is we want to make people smile mm. and it goes back to you know, just being the counter of a really serious mission, just doing it, doing things in quite a nice way that engage people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's our, uh, that's our Tony's Fair. And then everything we do, we're so transparent, is published online as well. Mm. So you can, you can go onto our website and you can read about what we've done, what we haven't done uh, and what our plans are for the year ahead. Yeah. And it is, I've actually been read up on that and it's, it's done in a very digestible way. So it's not, it's not like you're saying, oh, there's all this information you can read, but you won't actually understand it. You can. And there's like a handy little timeline. You can go and learn all about the history. So, yeah, it's really accessible as well, which is great. That's good. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much, Ben. That was great. Um, and our Olive Magazine Christmas issue is out now. And if you head to M&S and Waitrose, you will actually get a free bar of Tony's chocolate in selected issues while stocks last. So... I suggest everyone runs to the shops now and picks up a copy. Thank you. Thanks very much. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our bumper Christmas issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.